Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, what have you been doing to pass the time these snowy days? A lot of shoveling. Yeah, I second that one. Now, I've just been trying to spend as much time as I can outside still hiking and shed hunting and just trying to enjoy the snow a little bit. Yeah, actually, uh, I made it to Woodburn. Uh, it was Monday and uh, did some snowshoeing. So it's good to get outside and, and do something. You got to take advantage of the snow. We haven't seen this much snow in quite some time. So you do have snowshoes, dust them off, take a walk through the woods. But um, maybe you're bored out of your mind or maybe you're pacing the floor waiting for spring, you're bothering your wife, well, maybe we have a show for you. Uh, And maybe, just maybe, you not only find something to occupy your time, but you also help out your friendly neighborhood biologist as well. So today we're talking about a big word, maybe you're familiar with it, maybe not, but the word is phenology. And while you might never heard of this word before, you've likely taken part in the activities associated with phenology. So without further ado, let's find out what it is. Phenology is essentially nature's calendar. Birds will time their nesting so that their eggs hatch when there's plenty of insects, and the emergence of these insects is often timed with leaf out in plants. Phenology influences the abundance and distribution of organisms, ecosystem services, food webs, and global cycles of water and carbon. And even people rely on phenology. Um, Farmers and gardeners need to know the schedule of plants and insect development so that they can time their fertilizer and pesticide application and plant their crops. And it even matters for people with allergies. So an earlier flower bloom means people are going to have allergies a lot earlier in the season. So let's ask this question. Why is monitoring phenology important? So the scientific community agrees that climate is continuing to change, but what does that mean for existing biological systems? Different species respond to a changing climate at their own rate. This causes concern that differing rates will lead to ecological mismatch. So for example, Birds may no longer begin to nest at the same time that insects are at peak hatch. Ecological mismatch can hurt natural ecosystems and man-made systems alike. I think probably one of the best examples of a changing climate mismatch comes from a study done in the Netherlands. The earlier spring season is causing English oaks to leaf out earlier each year. And winter moth caterpillars are emerging earlier due to the availability of leaves for food supply. The Dutch Pied Flycatcher, which is a migratory songbird, arrives from Africa to feed on these caterpillars at the same time each year. But when the flycatcher arrives, it's too late and it only finds adult moths. And this is causing the Dutch Pied Flycatcher to decline. Yeah, that's a pretty good example of, you know, overseas issues with phenology. Um, I think we can also look at some examples closer to home as well. 
Uh, perhaps you, in your own backyard, have been documenting different species or aspects of nature. Uh, and little did you know, you've been what scientists consider backyard phenologists. So to study cyclical events such as weather or when tree buds open or when birds migrate, that all needs to be documented in real time. And in recent years, with the advancement of computer technology and website development, even phone apps, scientists have been able to use those observations that you're making in your own backyard to paint a bigger picture in terms of natural cycles and even emerging patterns. So let's dig into what you can observe and document to help scientists. So one thing you can observe pretty easily in your own backyard is plants. Each year as spring enters the picture, trees and shrubs recognize the pattern of sun and start to move xylem or sap from the roots to the top of the plant. We talked about uh, maple syrup last week, so yeah, there it is. So eventually these buds develop at the perfect time and the bud breaks and leaves emerge. Even if you barely go outside, you know that this event happens at different times depending both on the type of plant and the weather we've had leading up to the leaves emerging, often known as bud break. And as community scientists, documenting when this happens in your backyard each year can help scientists answer questions like, are winters getting more mild? Or are certain plants more prone to new diseases and pests, depending on when the leaves emerge? Or even do invasive plants have an advantage over our native plants thanks to an earlier bud break? Uh, let's focus on birds for a second. And everybody's looking for robins, I think, uh, as a sure sign of spring. Uh, and we've actually discussed this before on the show. Some robins don't actually fly south during the winter. Uh, so they might not be the best indicator of a seasonal change. But there's other species, such as the red-winged blackbirds. Uh, and people know those by those little markings on the wings. But they, uh, they're they much better indicator that spring is just around the corner. Because uh, they actually they'll migrate down to the southern United States during the winter. And um, as they move back north, you can document when they show up in your backyard. And scientists use that data to understand estimated populations as well as seasonal changes. So another thing you can pay attention to are insects. So the big news this year, if you haven't heard, is the cicadas. In the coming months, you're likely going to hear about brood X, which will be emerging from the ground after 17 years. And FYI, we're actually going to do a show on cicadas as we get closer to spring. But again, scientists would love to have some boots on the ground capturing observations about when the emergence happens in your backyard and exactly how many you're seeing. And other insects would likely benefit from documented backyard observation as well. Um, as we all know, the spotted lanternfly is on the tip of many environmental educators' tongues these days. And by documenting where the pest is located, or even where it's not located, in our state will help scientists and decision makers to combat this new menace. Well, now that we know what to document and observe in our own backyards, what do you do with that data? And um, 
So there are a couple websites. As we mentioned before, websites are a great way to capture that data. We have some available that we'd like to mention. So the first one is the USA National Phonology Network. Uh, and the address for that one is www.usanpn.org. And we'll have that on our website. So you can go visit that and check it out and become a member. So you can drop your data in there. Another one is budburst.org. Again, we'll have that on the website for you to check out. And the third one we'd like to mention is ebird.org. I know a lot of birders in the area are already using this one. Uh, it's a great website as well. Again, we'll have that website address on our Conservation Corner page as well for you to check out. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. And just maybe we've interested you enough that you pick up a pen and a notebook, start documenting some of those natural observations. So we do have a couple events for you as well today. The Penn State Herbarium will be hosting several free virtual workshops this spring. So I'm going to go through those real quick. Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. will be the Poison Garden. And in this workshop, they will explore some of the most deadly plants around the world and right here in your own backyard. That sounds like cool. Yeah, it does. I think I might check it out. On Thursday, March 25th at 7 p.m., they'll be talking about grasses, the good, the bad, and the just plain ugly. In this workshop, you'll learn about the different types of grasses found around Pennsylvania. On Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m., they're doing native plants and pollinators, and you can join master gardeners to discuss native plants and the pollinators they attract. And on Thursday, May 20th at 7 p.m., wetlands are wonderlands. So May is Wetland Appreciation Month, so this workshop will spotlight common wetland plants in Pennsylvania. For more information or full descriptions on all of these, you can visit the PSU Herbarium website, and you can email Sarah Chamberlain at sjm20 at psu.edu to register. All right, and another event we'd like to mention. So this one's on the rail trail. And uh, Jim Kessler will be hosting a tree walk on the rail trail this Saturday, February 20th, starting at Luciana Trailhead in Lanesboro. Uh, this will be a great one to attend. Jim is very knowledgeable about trees, so you don't want to miss it. You can register by emailing trails at nep.net, or you can call them at 570-679-9300. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570 570- 7822105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors.